Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The shocking new Gabby body cam video. We want to know the truth if he actually hit you. What Gabby said her fiancé did to her. Then, now they've both got it. I have tested positive for COVID again. I obviously gave you COVID. And what's up with Tom Brady? He looks and sounds ill. I don't know what the deal is, so I got to try to figure this out. Plus, Trump and the hero Marine. Helped evacuate children over the airport wall. You saw him. The only problem here, the Marine Corps says it wasn't him. Then... The fake heiress who conned everyone. Her first interview since being released from prison. I'm not this damn greedy person that they portrayed me to be. There are many people in her wake who would tell you that she is the classic con artist. And kid big rig drivers. Is this the solution to the nationwide supply shortage? Teens being trained to drive 18-wheelers. Plus... 911 bad haircut. Wasting my day for a bad haircut. That I... And the pride wore black. Would you wear a black gown at your wedding? And champagne wedding toast. This is not going to end well. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. New body cam footage released from the day Gabby Petito and her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, were pulled over by police is shedding new light on the couple's fight. In the new footage, Gabby tells a police officer that Brian grabbed her face and scratched her. As Lestrant reports, many say it is a textbook case of a battered woman. It's disturbing just-released body cam video of cops in Utah quizzing Gabby Petito about bruises on her face and body. Did you get hit in the face? Um, kind of looks like something like hit you in the face. And then over on your arm, shoulder, right here. That's new, huh? Her eyes red from crying. She seems reluctant to talk about the incident. We want to know the truth if he actually hit you. Because, you know... I guess, yeah, but I can where did he hit you? Don't, don't worry, just well, be he honest. He like, grabbed my face, like, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't, like, hit me in the face. Like, he didn't, like, punch me in the face or anything. Did he slap but, your face or what? Well, like, he, like, grabbed me, like, with his nail. And I guess that's why it was, I definitely have a cut right here because I could feel it. Cops pulled the couple over after a 911 call reporting a domestic violence incident in a grocery store in Moab. They concluded Gabby was the aggressor because she admitted slapping laundry. But the new tape reveals police actually talked about the danger Gabby might be in. It's because too many times women who are at risk want to go back to their abuser. They just wanted him to stop and then they end up getting killed. Two weeks later, Gabby was dead. Former LAPD Sergeant Cheryl Dorsey watched the video for Inside Edition. To leave Gabby in the care and custody of her abuser on a pinky swear that they'll separate and sleep in different locations is offensive and contrary to our training. 
The hunt for the fugitive fiance continued today. Police patrol boats searched the waters around the Fort DeSoto campground in Florida, where Laundry and his parents spent Labor Day. Former U.S. Marshal Lenny DePaul believes there's a chance Laundry may be hiding overseas. Let's assume he's in a foreign country. What then? Well, if he's overseas, if he's in Mexico, we're on the ground there. There's law enforcement there. We work well with the, our, the Mexican authorities. So. You know, again, you can run, but you can't hide. Nancy Grace, host of Crime Stories on Fox Nation, believes Laundry is staying one step ahead of the feds because he is getting help. There's no doubt in my mind he couldn't do this all on his own. He's getting help. And so far, he has outsmarted not only the Northport police, but the FBI. And every day that passes, he's another 10, 20, 100 miles away. Meantime, the police chief in Moab, Utah, where that body cam footage was shot, has taken a leave of absence. The department wouldn't comment on whether it has anything to do with his handling of the Gabby Petito investigation. Other news today, there's new hope that COVID-19 may be treatable with a pill. An early study of an experimental antiviral drug developed by Merck shows that it reduces the risk of death by 50 percent. This comes as more COVID drama has hit Dancing with the Stars. Just days after Cheryl Burke said she was a breakthrough case, her partner has come forward to say that he, too, has tested positive. Now he's got COVID. Cheryl Burke's dancing partner, Cody Rigsby, has tested positive four days after she came down with the virus. I have some news that I don't want to be sharing with you, but here it is. I have tested positive for COVID. And Cheryl says she's to blame. I still feel so terrible about your situation and our situation and the fact that I obviously gave you COVID. In a new video update, she says she's doing okay, but is experiencing more symptoms. I have officially lost my taste and smell. I right now have really mild symptoms, congestion, a little bit of a headache, cough. Like Cheryl, Rigsby, a popular Peloton fitness instructor, is a breakthrough case. He actually recovered from a previous bout with COVID and is fully vaccinated. Another breakthrough case today, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He just tested positive, and get this, he ran a three-mile race on Wednesday, the Capitol Challenge, through the streets of Washington. Hey, hey, hey. Meanwhile, school officials across the USA have had enough of the chaos at school board meetings. And I'm going to come for everybody that comes at my kid with this stupid, ridiculous mandate. The National School Boards Association is asking the FBI to monitor threats to board members, calling them acts of domestic terrorism. No one should be subjected to any kind of threat like that, and especially a public servant who's trying to look after the well-being of kids. And so, yeah, we're, you know, we're worried. We We know who you you are. are. We know who you are. And what's up with Tom Brady? The star quarterback has been sounding awfully hoarse lately. Brady is fully vaccinated, but like any health issue these days, it is causing some jitters, just as he's set to make his big return to New England with his new team, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Is Tom Brady sick? Could it be COVID? That's what everyone's asking after the star quarterback sounded under the weather at a press conference. Come down here for a year and a half, I've learned a lot. He also looked sickly. Brady was asked about his hoarse voice. I've had a few these days. I don't know what the deal is, so i got to try to figure this out. I said my throat's more tired than my arm. Imagine that. We went through this during the summer. Same thing, I know. It came back. I know. Very strange. 
Something must be a little up. I know. And I can't explain it. The nation's attention is fixed on Brady before Sunday's big game. Tom Brady's big return to New England. Oh, yes. The record-setting quarterback will play in his old stadium wearing a different uniform. Hello, it's me. This TV commercial uses Adele's song Hello to hype Brady's return. like the rest of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is reportedly 100% vaccinated. He tested positive for COVID shortly after the Buccaneers' Super Bowl victory boat parade in February. One theory for his raspy voice? They were pumping sound, crowd noise, into practice that was so loud today that Brady had to scream over it. The first thing people were thinking is, God forbid, hey, is he you know, sick with maybe potentially COVID here? How sick is he? Is he and is he going to have to miss that game? Because everybody is going to be locked in on this matchup. Despite today's encouraging news that COVID may soon be treatable with a pill, the United States just hit a grim milestone. 700,000 Americans have now died from the virus. Only the Civil War killed more of our citizens. It was a moment that excited the crowd at a Trump rally in Georgia last weekend. The former president invited a Marine on stage, saying he was the man who lifted that baby to safety in Afghanistan. Only one problem. The Marine Corps says that's not him. He was the highlight of Donald Trump's rally in Georgia last weekend. And helped evacuate children over the airport and over the airport wall. You saw him. He did a great job, Lance Corporal. Hunter Ian Clark. Lance Corporal, come up here. Come up here. When Marine Hunter Clark was invited to take the mic, he made a simple and humble speech befitting an American war hero. I am the guy that uh, pulled the baby over the wall, and it's definitely probably one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. He was, of course, referring to the now-famous image of the Marine lifting an Afghan baby to sanctuary during the chaotic evacuation at Kabul Airport. The Trump crowd went wild, cheering for the Marine. He became emotional, and as he left the stage, they chanted, USA. The only problem here, well, maybe not the only one, but one of them. The Marine Corps says it wasn't him. Yes, it's true. The Marine Corps is saying he's not the Marine in the photo. Regarding the viral photo that began circulating around August 20th, 2021, the Marine identified in that particular image was not Lance Corporal Clark. The Marines confirmed that Clark was definitely at the Kabul airport, and for that dangerous mission, he sure is a hero. But he's not the Marine in this enduring image, according to the Marines. Is it a misunderstanding? Is it possible that Clark saved another baby? There were several incidents during the evacuation of Afghans handing children to U.S. troops, according to a spokesman for his unit. Although he wasn't in uniform, Clark is also being investigated over whether he violated the military's ban on active duty troops engaging in partisan political activity. Activity. So what did happen to that 16-week-old baby from Kabul? Her name is Leah. She's now living in Phoenix with her parents, who say she is such a fighter. Oh, gosh, she's a cutie. They are actually thinking of making her middle name Marine. Now the woman who pretended to be an heiress with the $67 million trust fund, and she used the ruse to live the lifestyle she craved, defrauding more than a quarter of a million dollars from hotels, restaurants, and banks. Well, now she's out of prison. 
and says she's not the greedy woman portrayed in the media. Here's Amber Cagliano. She claims she was a wealthy heiress from Europe worth more than $60 million. But it was a lie. Anna Sorkin went to prison for two years for defrauding banks, hotels, and even her closest friends out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Her trial drew international attention. This woman made national headlines posing as a wealthy woman. Now the woman known as the Soho Grifter is speaking to ABC's Deborah Roberts. This is the first time you've sat down for a television interview. Why are you talking with us? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I would like to show the world that I'm not this damn greedy person that they portrayed me to be. You ask her who she really is. Did she tell you? Anna Sorkin is a very complicated character. You might believe that Anna Sorkin is a very gifted, clever, wannabe businesswoman or a complete con artist. And there are many people in her wake who would tell you that she is the classic con artist. You walked out of prison a free woman. Hi, Anna. What was the first thing you did? They brought me my phone, so I got on social media. (laughs) She came out of prison and immediately sat down to do this interview with us and immediately went on social media and immediately started to resume kind of a glamorous life. Sorkin is now back in custody awaiting a hearing to see if she will be deported to Germany. The big question is, will she be released? She could be in the next few weeks. And will she be deported? But whatever happens, there is no question in my mind that we have not heard the last from Anna Sorokin. 2020 airs tonight on ABC. This mom is frantically calling 911. What was the emergency? Her son's haircut. As Jim Murray reports, never has a buzz cut led to such drama. Look at this lady wasting my day. This mom called 911 because of all things, she didn't like her son's haircut. The barber is in shock. For a bad haircut that I, that I gave her, that I gave her son that he asked for. 911. The argument quickly degenerated. This guy is screaming at me and calling me a and he was threatening you. Yep. You know what? He screwed up my son's hair. My son's supposed to have seen your pictures tomorrow and he shaved off his whole head. The fury erupted when the woman's son who's a senior in high school, went to a barbershop and reportedly asked for a really short haircut. What happened next was a he said, she said dispute. You went Look laugh? at her, wasting my day. Look at this whack job. Can you tell him to get away from no, my face? No, I won't. I spoke to the barber, Robbie Rocco, of Bonehead's Barbershop in Norton, Massachusetts. He asked for a number two. So I actually stopped and I, t- I just told him, I said, a number two is really short. And he said, yep, that's fine. And I told him again, I said, are you sure? The barber says the 17-year-old asked for a number two cut, much like this one at iconic Astor Park hairstylist in New York City. The whole entire haircut, the kid never gave me any vibe that he was upset. He, we talked the whole haircut. We talked about his school. After it was done, he said the kid tipped him five bucks and left. About 20 minutes later, she comes in the shop. It's way too short, like like streaming. She wouldn't let me speak. What did you think about her calling 911? I thought it was absolutely outrageous. Look at this lady wasting my day. Although the barber admits to using a few curse words with the mom, he says he never threatened her. Next, kid big rig drivers. Is this the solution to the nationwide supply shortage? Teams being trained to drive 18-wheelers. And the Pride wore black. 
Would you wear a black gown at your wedding? And champagne wedding toast. This is not going to end well. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring teenagers would help with the truck driver shortage, but you don't generally see them behind the wheel of big rigs. Now that's changing. This is not your typical truck driver. I just turned 17. That's right. Isabella is just 17 and driving an 18-wheeler. Look, her feet barely reach the pedal. But she's not alone. Teens are coming to the rescue of the nationwide trucking shortage. I am 16 still, and I do not have a license. At Patterson High School in California, these teens are enrolled in one of the first truck driving programs for high schoolers in the U.S. Instructor Dave Dines. There is a huge need. We're short about 63,000 drivers today. Isabella says her mom is a little worried. My mom was more nervous overall because she, the idea of truck driving scares her because of all the reckless drivers in the road. She's getting a hands-on lesson in truck maintenance and safety. Yep. And if it was flat, you'd feel like a very, it would be like a dud. It was just, the hammer wouldn't react very much. And that would be an indication of a flat tire. Yeah. To prepare them for the real road, they spend 30 hours in a driving simulator. Grab the shifter and make sure it goes back and forth. With no end to the trucking crisis in sight, it's teens to the rescue. And up next, the bride wore black. Well, this is different. The bride wore black. A surprising number of brides are bucking tradition and opting for black wedding gowns. Oh my gosh. The trend even made its way onto TLC's hit, Say Yes to the Dress, with mixed results. Do you feel like a bride in this dress? No. I always wanted something dark. Madison Alexandra says she wanted to wear black on her wedding day since she was a little girl. Why did you always want a black wedding dress? The dress should reflect the bride and I just always feel more at home in black. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when I came out, my husband was not surprised. He's like, of course it's black. (laughs) Black bridal gowns are not always easy to find. So some brides are dying classic white dresses. We headed to RK Bridal in New York City. It was a sea of traditional white except for this little corner. Who is the bride that is choosing a dress like this? The bride that wants to make a statement to everybody that's at the wedding. That she's her own individual and she wants to stand out and be different than every other wedding that she's been to. Inside Edition reporter Allison Hall, who's shopping for her wedding dress next year, modeled some of the darker options. I think I'm going to stick with a white dress for my wedding, but honestly, with these, they're pretty tempting. And speaking of brides, a wedding day oops next. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. 
This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great tasting, high quality organic dairy, ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find organic Valley dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Finally, be careful with the champagne. It's a happy wedding day for this bride and her bridesmaids. Oh no, the champagne cork hits a bridesmaid right in the eye. Thankfully, she's okay and laughs it off. Oh my God. Oh, she's so lucky she didn't lose an eye. That's Inside Edition. See you next time. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.